Good morning. It's good to be in God's house this morning. Uh, beautiful weather outside. Uh, I enjoy this. If it could stay this way for quite some time, uh, I'd love it, but I know it's not. So I need to enjoy it as much as I can. And, uh, you know, it's just good uh, to be in God's house. If you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be continuing uh, like we've been the last few weeks in the book of Matthew chapter 5. And uh, I would ask you, if you would, uh, you know where I'm at, and you'll probably know where I'm going to be, uh, so you can always look and read and sort of try to anticipate uh, and pray and study uh, yourselves. You know, that's nothing better. I like it when I get to study and I come to church and the Sunday school lessons on what I've sort of been studying in my own time, and, and sometimes the message ends up being in, in some of the places that I've studied. That's good uh, to get some of that. But we'll be in uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, if you would, if you can, uh, stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning to pay reverence. Uh, five, uh, ch- uh, chapter 5, verse 8 of Matthew, the Word of God says this, is, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Uh, we thank you for all the wonderful things you bless us with in our lives. Continue to help us. Continue to uh, guide us. Uh, help this Scripture, Lord, that it may be pressed upon our hearts. It may help us. Uh, to lead uh, the lost and dying, uh, lost and dying world to you, Lord. We thank you for uh, what you continue to give us, what you continue to uh, guide us through. And Lord, I thank you for that cross on Calvary that saved a sinner like me. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be uh, seated this morning. Now, as we continue through the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, uh, we get here to the fifth blessed. Now, we've seen that uh, Jesus has said hope is here. He said that I still love you. Uh, he says that you are part of my family. Uh, he says that you should want to be good. That's the things that he's saying on the Mount here. Uh, he's saying that you should show pity to those that suffer. Uh, that's the things that he's saying on this Mount. Now, he gets to the fifth thing that he says, uh, and I, I really want the church to continue to remember that each one of these starts with blessed are those that do these things. Now, I don't believe that anybody could go wrong on the Sermon on the Mount for us to model our lives, to model our behavior, uh, to model how we speak, how we act, everything we do off the Sermon on the Mount. Now, what he says in these things, like I said, it gets tough. Uh, The further you go, the harder it is to understand and the harder it is to apply some of these things. Uh, uh, But these simple blessings are the basic roots to how we should act and behave. We get to this is blessed are the pure in heart. Now, uh, on multiple occasions, Jesus uses the heart uh, as an example. He uses the heart in his teachings. Now, uh, we can go through and examine today's Christianity uh, on how to examine uh, uh, the heart and how to look at things. Uh, and Christianity, uh, a lot of times, we uh, we make it service based. I want you to realize this today, church. Uh, we so many times are guilty uh, of thinking that. Christianity, that our love of Jesus Christ uh, equates service, equates work. Now, uh, the book of James shows us that you, you should have work in your lives to show your faith, but a lot of times uh, uh, people have work and they don't have any kind of faith. Uh, uh, some of the simple things that we see is we see a, a work groups from churches go out and they do work. Uh, uh, we see a drive through prayer service. Uh, we see delivering meals to a community. And I want to immediately tell you that none of those things are wrong. Don't think, don't think that I'm bashing a, a church for doing those things. What I want to focus on is, why are they doing it? Now, I believe that most churches are doing it for the right reason. I, I, I believe that most people, when they go out and work, I believe the majority of them do it with a pure heart, as the Bible teaches us. And they're only doing it for one thing, and that's to uplift 
and serve Jesus Christ. But if they do it for the wrong reasons, they're doing it wrong. Now, I'm not here to be a judge. And every time that I've ever seen a church do those things, I love it. I love to drive through and see a, a something parked out there that says stop and get prayer. I love that. I love to see a church cooking meals and delivering it to a community. I love seeing a churches go out, put up tents and preach. I, I, I love to see churches working in a community, doing big things. And I have never stood back and judged and tried to say, well, they're, they're doing it for that, but I've heard it. Uh, people judge. Uh, they form opinions. And I, I don't know everybody's heart. I don't know everybody's life. Uh, uh, but I try not to uh, uh, hang out to dry uh, people that are working for the Lord. Uh, but it says very plainly in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, uh, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on where? It says, The Lord looketh on the heart. Heart. The Lord looks on the inside. Uh, the Lord does not care uh, what you've done, who you are, how tall you are, what you look like, how you speak, uh, what kind of vehicle you drive, where you live, where you work. Uh, they don't care what kind of degree that you have. They don't care any. He does not care anything about those things. Above all things, uh, God only looks where the heart. The heart is what matters. Now, we get to this, to this, uh, to this blessing here on this mound, uh, and we see Jesus bring it to light. Now, He's taught on a few things, uh, but now He focuses on the heart. Uh, he says the ones with a pure heart. Now, in Matthew chapter 3, it says this, chapter 23, it says, Woe unto you, in verse 25, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you make clean the outside of the cup of the, and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, it says in verse 27, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whitest sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. And in verse 28 it says this, even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Now, what Jesus, and I believe this Sermon on the Mount, I believe that there might have been Pharisees within listening distance of the Sermon on the Mount. I do believe that. I believe they heard what Jesus was teaching, and I believe that Jesus might have even spoke this specifically to address them. That they needed to be pure in heart. And we see that in Matthew here that it's recorded that he's talking to these Pharisees and saying, hey, you're worried about the outside of the cup, and you're not worried about the inside of the cup. Now, what matters most on a cup that you drink out of, I think most of us know, uh, if the inside of a cup is nasty, uh, you don't need to be putting things in it drinking out of. Hey, when I pull a cup out of the cupboard, uh, I don't usually examine the outside of it, do I? I? I look at the inside. I make sure that dishwasher cleaned that thing up good. Hey, if I pull it out and there's a little something in it, I say, that ain't no good. Uh, we need to clean that, cleanse that again. I'll get something else out. I'll clean that one up. Uh, we focus on the inside of the cup. We, and Jesus wants the Pharisees to focus on the inside of their lives. The Pharisees were so guilty of only worrying about what they looked like. They did. They had lavish clothing. They had cleanliness. They were clean. They, they had nice beards. You think I'm, I'm stretching stress, stress the truth? Yeah, they had these nice, beautiful beards. They, could, they, could glow. they were in groups 
They were always grouped together discussing on the street side. When you see them, you didn't see one. You might have seen three, four, five, ten of them together. They wanted to be known they were there. And when they prayed on the streets, what did they do? They didn't go over to the corner and pray together earnestly. Uh, They would pray loudly so everybody could hear them and be repetitive so everybody knew what they prayed. They wanted everybody to know who they were and what they were and it wasn't nothing. Everything that the Pharisees were doing was wrong. They were worried about how they looked, how they sounded, and how their groups looked together. And sadly today, I know small country churches, we ain't exempt church, I know small country churches that do the same thing. We're guilty. He says, I ain't guilty. I said, yeah, you've been guilty before. I've been guilty of always trying to appear to be right. I dress the part, I look the part, I sound the part. I got everything whooped. <laughs> hey, the Pharisees thought that too. I have thought so many times that I've got it whooped when I was young in the ministry and still today, I'm still young in my ministry. I want you to know, I still think sometimes that I'm better than I really am. I don't really think about the inward me as much as I should. What are my thoughts? What are the things that I'm doing and why am I doing them? They looked the part, they sounded the part. And everyone looks the part, and everyone sounds the part. They give the money. They love to be active. They come to church every time the doors are open. I've seen these things, and I tell you, I've seen people so active in the church, give as much money as they could to the church, always be involved with everything in the church, and I hear horrible things come out of their mouth. I'm not talking about profanity. I'm talking about just ugly things. Gossip. Hatred. Strife. All kinds of issues. But they appear to be pure. Now, I want you to know something. That's why the world has a problem with the church. They see people that pretend. They see preachers that do God-awful things that everybody knows about. Has all these problems. They see people that lift themselves up. And I'll call out preachers because I am one. It's okay. I've seen people do horrible things behind a pulpit and lie directly to the church and live a life that's very unpleasing to God. Hide everything. Finally, it's exposed. Our lives today, I want you to realize something. We can hide it as much as we want to, but God knows what's going on in your life. It ain't going to last but so long. Blessed are those that are pure of heart. Some of the most hateful things I've seen and said were from some of the most people I respected the most. And I'm honest with you, church. It saddens me. When we have people that I, I, I respect and I, I look up to, I say, those people are close to God. And then some of the things that are said, some of the things that are done, uh, some of the things that we see in churches today, it's sad. They don't have the right heart. Now, it says, blessed are the pure in heart. Now, I, I think the most important thing to look at is that pure heart. What does that mean? What is Jesus really trying to tell us to be? And I think the first word that we should look at is pure. He wants you to have a pure heart. Now, if I want something to drink, and I want water, I don't want muddy water. 
Okay? I don't want nasty water. I don't want to smell bad. I want pure water if I want water to drink. Now, if I go out and I buy gold, and I don't, <laughs> but if you go out and you buy gold, you usually want the purest gold you can find that has uh, the least amount of things in it. You want the highest K on the gold that you can get because it's worth the most uh, when you think about it. Now, we want to breathe air, and I think that most of us want pure air. We want it clean when we breathe it in. It's very easy to understand what pure means. It does not have uh, uh, things in it. It is not toxic. It does not have contaminants uh, in what we have. It makes it worthless. It makes it uh, bad for you. Uh, The same way that being blessed are the pure in heart. uh, He's saying that blessed are those uh, that their reasonings aren't mixed with the world. He's saying that blessed are those that do things and only focus on God. He's saying blessed are those that sacrifice their life to glorify God is what he's trying to say. Blessed are those that have a, a thought process that they, they don't worry about the world, they don't worry about their self, uh, they only focus on God. And there's, <coughs> there's a lot to be said. I could go a long time. And you don't want me to. There's a, a lot of things we could say about being blessed or the pure in heart. Most of us know, I mean, you don't have to question me. You don't have to come to me after service and say, Zach, am I, am I pure of heart? I don't know. <laughs> say, Zach, did I do this for the right reasons? You know if you did. So many times we seek approval. We seek to be lifted up. We have to have a pure heart. A pure heart must first be clean. It says in Acts 15, 9, it says, And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. What is that trying to say to us? It says, purifying their hearts by faith. What purifies the heart today? Faith. It is belief in Jesus Christ. It is salvation. It is accepting Him into your life. If you want to have a pure heart today, blessed are those with a pure heart. It begins with salvation. It begins on calling upon Jesus Christ. Uh, there is no other way to get a pure heart. There is no other way to get your heart cleaned up. Uh, if you want a cleaned up life, it has to be with Jesus Christ and He has to help you do it. We can't find in Scripture anywhere where it says, if you want a clean heart, do this. I haven't found that. It doesn't say that if you... In fact, if you go through these blessings, if you go through any of these blessings, none of these are attainable uh, pretty much by yourself. A lot of them depend upon Jesus Christ. He's calling you to Him. In Psalm 86, 11, it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord. I walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. When David is writing this psalm, I believe 100% that David has already had his life filled up with Jesus. He's already got Christ in his life. He understands having a pure heart, uh, being a man after God's own heart. Uh, Praise the Lord today. He understood being with God and how good that was. He did. I'll tell you this morning, if you've ever been with God, you know how good that is. You do. say, Zach, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, you're missing something. If you do not know how good it is to be with God, something's wrong. I know how good it is to be with God. I do. I know the joy that He gives you even in the midst of problems. I know the peace He can give you in the middle of things that you do not foresee, you do not understand. But when David walks with them, unite my heart to fear thy name. The blessings to know that we should fear God because He blesses us. He's with us. He's always with us. 
When the heart is used in the Bible, blessed are those that are pure heart. The heart is not an organ. We know that it is an organ. Uh, But when the Bible speaks of the heart, a lot of us will say, well, this scripture doesn't know what it's talking about here because the heart's an organ. It's, It's not an organ. If you think about the heart of a tree, you think about the heart of an issue, you think about the heart of a problem, what is the heart? The heart is the middle. The heart is what it is. The heart is what holds it together. The heart is the control center, okay? And we got to have a heart. If we don't have a heart, we dead as people. What really makes you go, what really makes you tick, who makes you what you are, okay? That's your heart. And as it tells us to have a pure heart, it's your intellect, it's your will, it's your emotions, it's everything about you. It's what makes you who you are. It's what makes Zach Stone Zach Stone, okay? It's what makes me me, my heart. Not my organ, my heart. My heart, me. It may be in my, be in my brain. It may be wherever. It's my heart. It's what makes me who I am. Jesus says, have a pure heart. And I think it's a very descriptive meaning. It helps us to know throughout the, throughout the Proverbs, throughout the Psalms, and multiple places, there's about a hundred different places it talks about the heart, having a heavy heart, having a, all these different uh, synonyms or acronyms or all these different words, adjectives that describes the heart. If you go through the book of Psalms and Proverbs, uh, you can Google that and look it up. There's just hundreds of times that the heart is mentioned and the heart is mentioned in multiple different ways. The heart is who you are. Spiritually, Physically, I mean, it's, it's who makes you who you are. In 2 Corinthians one twenty two, it says, Who hath sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Given the earnest of the Spirit in our where? Our hearts. I'm glad today that when Jesus seals you, that when He saves you, who hath sealed us, 2 Corinthians one twenty two. you might want to mark that, look back, read that by yourself a little bit. It's good. He hath sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit. He's given the best of the Spirit to you. Now, I don't, I don't understand all that. I don't understand how the Spirit indwells within us. I, I'm, I don't understand that. I'm not a theologian. I can't describe that, but I know that I changed the day that I was saved. I know that there was something within me that filled up that I did not have before. I know that there is a desire within me I did not have a desire before. I, there is a love within me, and the love and that desire and that, that peace is the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. It's a peace of God. It's something that He gifted me through the death on the cross of His Son, Jesus Christ. It was His death on a cross... And being resurrected, praise God, is what gives me hope, gives me peace, gives me joy. His Spirit that came down on the day of Pentecost, that's what gives that to me. I have no other reason to get up here and smile every Sunday. It ain't doom and gloom, okay? It ain't, it ain't a grave and that's the end, praise the Lord. It's the grave and eternity with Him. <coughs> Don't we have something to look forward to? Now, a lot of us think that our intentions are wrong. We may have things that... I, I, we're talking about a pure heart. How many of us have bad desires? Yeah, I do. How many of us want to say things sometimes we really shouldn't say? Yeah, that's me. I see people every day. I put up with my wife. I put up with my kids. Hey, I'm just picking at them. They know, hey, sometimes we don't always like each other all the way. Sometimes I don't always like all y'all. It's all right. <laughs> sometimes we have those days, weeks, months. 
But it says this in Jeremiah 17, 9. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful. We're talking about having a pure heart. Jeremiah says the heart's deceitful. It says this too. And desperately, desperately wicked. That's what Jeremiah writes. Desperately wicked. And it says, who can know it? What is that trying to tell us? We can go back to the Old Testament and find it. The heart is wicked. We cannot trust it. (laughs) Jesus says the heart should be pure. As we've already discussed two weeks ago, what did we talk about? We talked about being good. And it wasn't the being good part that really matters to Jesus. It was you want to be good. He knows it's almost impossible for us to have a pure heart. He knows, speaking on the mountainside here, he's going to speak things that's almost unattainable. The only way that you can have a good heart, a pure heart, a clean heart, is what? Through him. That's the only way that we can be pure. That's the only way we can be good. And he gives us this example to know what? We need him. He's on this mountainside teaching for what reason? For us to know that we need him. He's already said, I haven't forsook you. I love you. You're part of my family. Uh, You should want to be good. And he gets to this part and says, hey, you should have a pure heart. And everybody standing around, even the Pharisees, no, buddy, that ain't possible. (laughs) Y'all should know. Y'all ain't good folks. Some of y'all grinning all the way to years. Zach, you saying I ain't good? Yeah. There is none good. Jesus done said it. You are not good. You can look the part, sound the part. The Pharisees tried to act out the part. They tried to have all the things. They had their groups. They had their loud prayers. We could fill up 150 people in this church, open the doors, have a big uh, people out there on the roadside praising. It doesn't matter. What matters is our hearts. It does not matter what we look like, how we sound. We have to have a pure heart. The desire you have should come from where? Your heart. What should be there? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should be helping you. You're going you're gonna to fail. You're going to be imperfect. You're going to have troubles. You're going to want to do things. Paul even writes about it. We talked about it two weeks ago. Paul knew what to do, but he did the wrong thing. You make mistakes, but you should strive to have this pure heart. We should focus on where our desire is coming from, and that's the heart. And the big question today that we have to ask ourselves is where is our heart? What are we really focused on? What is taking so much of our attention, so much of our time? We should be pure of heart. And, and you know, at the end of this piece of Scripture, and we've been kind of skipping the end of the Scriptures, and I've been kind of probably doing that by mistake, but I hope that you're reading the whole thing. It says that those that are pure in heart, it says, for they shall see God. Now, there's no other beatitude, there's no other piece of the Sermon on the Mount that I could read, and if you find one, hey, point it out to me, that says that if you do these things, you will see God. You don't see that anywhere else. Now what really is Jesus trying to say is that those that are pure in heart, we've already talked about it, it's impossible. You can't do it on your own. Uh, it's not fathomable for me to be have a pure heart within myself because I have my own emotions, I have my own wants, I have my humanly desires, I am full of sin, I fall short. You say, Zach, what you trying to get at? <laughs> the only way that I can have a pure heart is to have Him. That's it. I have to have Jesus. 
That's the only way to attain pureness. And my wife will tell you, he makes mistakes. My boss will tell you, yeah, he makes mistakes. My, my, my kids will tell you, he ain't perfect daddy. He makes mistakes. Your church, you should probably tell me, that you don't do everything right. Yeah, I don't. But guess what? I got Jesus. We're told not to be good, but to seek to be good, to want to be good. And even when we get to this, we should have that pure heart. What do we have? They, they shall see God. What better promise throughout this whole thing? There's no better promise than being pure in heart. And the only way to have a pure heart is to have salvation. And the only way to have a pure heart is to have Jesus Christ. Today, <coughs> if you want a pure heart, it says you'll get to see God. One day... That promise tells me I'll be able to see my maker face to face. I'll be able to be there. Now, we want to see Jesus. Yeah, man, I know, I, it gets a little fuzzy to understand between Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. I don't care. When I get to heaven, I'm going to meet my creator. The one that put everything in place for me. The one that gave a way for me to get it to heaven. The one that blessed me with children. The one that gave me uh, an opportunity to preach his word. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. When you get to this beatitude, it's blessed. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There's no better promise throughout this whole book. Seeing God. You're going to see God by being pure of heart. Now, I said that you'd be able to see God, and I'd like to turn it. We're just, we're just in the close with this message. One of these days I'll get to see God. Yeah, I believe that's a, that's a big yes for that. But I'd also like to think of this just slightly different before we close. It says, those that are pure in heart, they shall see God. Maybe that's talking about seeing God every day. Everything that you do. After I studied this and looked at it, I said, you know, those that are pure in heart, when I, I'll say when I'm closer to God than I've ever been before, I'll say that when I'm praying the way I should, I'm living the way I should, and I speak the way that I should, and not worried about dressing, but I'm talking about how I am as close to God as I can be, I see God more. I believe everybody can agree that the closer you get to God, the more you pray, the more you seek Him, the closer you get to Him, the more you see Him. The more you know He's there. Boy, that beautiful sunrise is because of God. Putting that in place. Putting a, a planet, a rock out in space and spinning it so fast, uh, uh, so far many miles from the sun and, and putting us in orbit and giving us seasons. And I, I don't even understand how, how a being like that can create that. <coughs> we can see it. Those that are pure of heart will see God. How often do you see Him? How often do you not feel alone? How often do you know that no matter what you go through, He's watching you. He's helping you. There's no better feeling. I think there's no better thing to look forward to to seeing God in heaven face to face, but there's no better feeling than seeing God in your daily walk. Knowing that you made it through that red light because God's with you. Knowing that you get to be with your family, that you get to go home, that you have a job, that you have different things going on in your life. It's God. You get to see Him each and every day. As I get a verse of some song ready this morning, I want you to ask yourself, how much do you really see God? Is your heart pure today? Do the acts, everything that you do, your thoughts, or all the things that you do not mixed with the world? We have to think about having that pure heart. We know that we struggle. We know that we make mistakes. We know that we fall short. But praise the Lord, those that are, have a pure heart will see God. Have you seen Him recently? Do you know He's there? 
I can think back very, very not so long ago, buddy. Just this week, I remember feeling God with me. Have you felt that here recently? Do you know He's there? Do you feel a loneliness? Do you feel like you're alone? Because He says He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. If we want a pure heart today, like I said, we have to start with salvation. If you want to feel the fullness that the Spirit of God will give you, you have to call on Him. You have to accept His grace. As we sing, what page you got? 357. Page 357.